Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like building grid-scale solar energy in Ohio and producing gas with fewer operational emissions in Texas. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. It's time for Justice Matters with former federal prosecutor and MSNBC analyst, Glenn Kirshner. Maine is the latest state to disqualify Donald Trump from running for office again. But it's not the same as the Colorado ruling, because each state has different laws. Here's Glenn to explain. So friends, today we're going to try to take on the admittedly confusing topic of what in the world is going on in the many states across the country regarding whether insurrectionist Donald Trump should be permitted to have his name on state primary presidential ballots. And as you are no doubt already aware, there's lots of inconsistency among the states regarding how this issue is being handled. But let's start with this. There actually should be inconsistency. Why? Because the states get to run elections as they see fit even elections to federal office. So each state passes its own unique election laws, promulgates its own election regulations, and they are different in all 50 states. You might say, well, that doesn't make sense when it comes to federal elections. Shouldn't there be one set of laws, one set of regulations, one set of rules? Arguably, yes, but that is not how the Constitution is set up. So each state gets to set its own rules, including how to go about qualifying or disqualifying somebody from being on a ballot in a particular state. So the inconsistency is actually expected. But here is where we are right now. We have several states that have made different decisions in different ways for different reasons in accordance with their state laws. And there's so much confusion that I have a feeling very soon this issue will land in the United States Supreme Court to be resolved. But how they choose to resolve it and what impact the resolution will have on each of the 50 states is a question that we can't definitively answer. But toward the end of this video, we're gonna talk through some of the possibilities, even sort of some of the likely rulings from the Supreme Court on this issue. But let's start with where we are on the states that have made a decision. Most recently, the state of Maine. The Secretary of State of Maine has decided, as is her sworn duty under the Maine election laws, as is her obligation, she had to make a decision whether Donald Trump was qualified or disqualified from being on the main primary presidential ballot. And she had a hearing, 
She considered the evidence and she concluded Donald Trump engaged in insurrection, so he is therefore disqualified. And upholding her oath of office, she refused to put his name on the ballot. Now, under the election laws of Maine, he has a right to challenge that in court, and he either has or he undoubtedly will challenge that in court. But Maine, as of right now, Donald Trump's name cannot be put on the presidential ballot. Let's go to Colorado. You may have seen the reporting that Colorado held a trial. A trial court judge took evidence, heard from lots of witnesses over the course of a couple of weeks, and that judge found that Donald Trump in fact engaged in insurrection. And then that went up to the Supreme Court of Colorado. Colorado affirmed that finding of the trial court judge. Yes, indeed, Donald Trump engaged in insurrection. And the Supreme Court of Colorado ruled he can't be on the Colorado presidential ballot. Now, that is also being appealed up to the Supreme Court. We'll talk more about that in a minute. Let's turn to another state, Michigan. In Michigan, the Secretary of State has no lawful authority to declare or decide whether a particular person who is put forward by the Republican Party of Michigan, whether that person is qualified or disqualified. So the Republican Party in Michigan can put forward any name of any person, and the Secretary of State does not have the lawful authority to keep that person off the Republican primary presidential ballot in Michigan. So in Michigan, Donald Trump's name is on the primary ballot. And then let's finish up our survey of where the states are at the moment with some new reporting in California. It looks like under the state election laws in California, Trump's name can't be kept off the primary ballot out there. So it looks like his name will be included on the presidential primary ballot in California. Now, before we turn our attention to what the Supreme Court might do with all of this, let's just go to some of the recent reporting about the new development, the state of Maine disqualifying Donald Trump from the primary ballot in that state. This is from a, a, some of the local reporting up in Maine. You know, I like to go to the local news accounts, the local newspaper reporting where I can. And this is from the Portland Press Herald. Headline, Maine Secretary of State bars Donald Trump from state's presidential primary ballot. And that article begins, Secretary of State Shannon Bellows issued a ruling Thursday night barring former President Donald Trump from appearing on Maine's March 5, 2024 presidential primary ballot. Bellows, a Democrat, became the first state election official to conclude that Trump's primary petition is invalid, ruling that the Republican is not qualified to hold the office of the president under Section 3 of the 14th Amendment. Trump's campaign says it will challenge her ruling in state court. Her decision makes Maine just the second state in the country to bar Trump from the ballot. Earlier this month, the Colorado Supreme Court booted Trump from the ballot under the same Civil War era provision of the Constitution. It is likely the U.S. Supreme Court will have the final say on whether Trump appears on the ballot in Maine 
and other states. This quote from the Maine Secretary of State, quote, I conclude that the record establishes that Mr. Trump, over the course of several months and culminating on January 6, 2021, used a false narrative of election fraud to inflame his supporters and direct them to the Capitol to prevent certification of the 2020 election and the peaceful transfer of power, Bellows said in the statement she issued Thursday night. Quote, I likewise conclude that Mr. Trump was aware of the likelihood for violence and at least initially supported its use, given he both encouraged it with incendiary rhetoric and took no timely action to stop it. The weight of the evidence makes clear that Mr. Trump was aware of the tinder laid by his multi-month effort to delegitimize a democratic election and then chose to light a match. You know, friends, given what we saw with our own eyes in both the run-up to January 6th and on January 6th, the only rational conclusion, the only fact-based conclusion is that Donald Trump engaged in an insurrection. He incited an insurrection, and we have all seen him continue to give aid and comfort to the insurrection and the insurrectionists with, for example, pledges of love and pardons for those people who attacked the Capitol on January 6th, trying to stop the transfer of presidential power. That's the only rational conclusion one could reach. But the first thing I want to do is I want to read just 53 words from the 14th Amendment, Section 3, to kind of frame our discussion of what the Supreme Court might do with this issue when it inevitably takes it up. And here's the operative language from Section 3 of the 14th Amendment. No person shall hold any office, civil or military, under the United States who, having previously taken an oath as an officer of the United States to support the Constitution of the United States, shall have engaged in insurrection or rebellion against the same, that is the United States, or given aid or comfort to the enemies thereof. 53 simple, straightforward, unmistakable words. You know, I want to say it's almost inconceivable, but you know what? I'm going to drop the almost. It is inconceivable that the United States Supreme Court would rule that someone who holds the office of the presidency, who then engaged in insurrection, should be permitted to hold the office of the presidency again. That would violate those 53 clear, unmistakable words in the 14th Amendment that we just read together. And it would certainly violate the spirit of the 14th Amendment, Section 3. That doesn't answer the question 
what might the Supreme Court do when it is called upon to rule on the issue of whether Donald Trump, one, engaged in insurrection, and two, is therefore disqualified under those 53 clear, straightforward, unmistakable words. Coming up next, Glenn explains the principles of appellate law and how Trump's appeals may play out. Stay with us here on Justice Matters. Hi, Beowulf here with Justice Matters, and I'm here to remind you about one of the best decisions I've made recently, getting Factor Meals. Eating is so much easier for me with Factor's delicious, ready-to-eat meals. Every fresh, never-frozen meal is chef-crafted, dietitian approved and ready to go in just two minutes. You'll have over 35 different options to choose from every week, including Calorie Smart, Protein Plus, and Keto. Factor is flexible for your schedule. Get as much or as little as you need by choosing your meals every week. Plus, you can pause or reschedule your deliveries at any time. Also, there are more than 60 add-ons to help you stay fueled up and feeling good all day long. Factor is the perfect solution if you're looking for fast, premium options with no cooking required. Sign up today and save. I've done the math, and I can tell you Factor is less expensive than takeout. And every meal is dietitian approved, nutritious, and delicious. So what are you waiting for? Get started today and start meeting your meal and nutrition goals. Head over to factormeals.com slash glen50 and use code glen50 to get 50% off. That's code glen50 at factormeals.com slash glen50 to get 50% off. Remember, go to factormeals.com slash G-L-E-N-N-5-0 and use code GLEN50 to get 50% off today. Have you heard you can listen to your favorite news podcasts ad-free? Good news. With Amazon Music, you have access to the largest catalog of ad-free top podcasts included with your Prime membership. To start listening, download the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash ad-free news podcasts. That's amazon.com slash ad-free news podcasts to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. An appellate ruling handles legal issues and factual issues differently than regular courts. So how will this affect Donald Trump's attempt to appeal the rulings that have disqualified him from running for office again? Here's Glenn with his take. So let's just break that down a little bit and we're going to apply some of the principles of appellate law. When a case is appealed up through the system, how is it that the appellate courts, including the Supreme Court, handle the issues? So it's important to know that the appellate courts handle factual issues differently than they handle legal issues. There was a trial in state court in Colorado. After that trial, a trial at which many witnesses testified, fact witnesses who were at the U.S. Capitol on January 6th, expert witnesses who talked about the history and the text and the meaning of Section 3 of the 14th Amendment, And a judge concluded at the end of that trial that Donald Trump, in fact, engaged in an insurrection. That is a finding of fact. And as a case works its way through the appellate system, 
findings of fact by a trial judge or by a jury are entitled to great deference on appeal. Basically, the appellate courts have to accept those findings of fact because only the fact finder, whether a judge or a jury, in this case it was a judge, only the fact finder has the ability to observe the demeanor of each witness as he testifies or she testifies and reach all important credibility determinations you know, regarding which evidence to credit and how to go about deciding the factual issues in the case. The reason I emphasize that is because the Supreme Court applying the rules of appellate practice will basically be bound by the factual finding of the Colorado trial court as affirmed by the Colorado Supreme Court that Donald Trump in fact engaged in insurrection. But when it comes to legal questions like how to interpret Section 3 of the 14th Amendment, legal questions are basically completely fair game. There is what's called de novo review. Basically, appellate courts can just substitute their own opinions on questions of law. They don't owe questions of law the kind of deference that they owe factual determinations by the trial court. So what might the Supreme Court do with the disqualification in Section 3 of the 14th Amendment? Well, if they apply the plain meaning of those 53 clear, unmistakable words, they should rule that somebody who holds the office of the presidency and engages in insurrection is disqualified from holding the office of the presidency again. And that is the interpretation of the Constitution that should then be pushed out to all 50 states. And each of the 50 states can then take that and make its own determination about how to handle the disqualification question under the laws of their state and under the election rules that have been promulgated in their state, but I suggest they should all reach the conclusion that Donald Trump is disqualified from holding federal office again. Indeed, the way Section 3 of the 14th Amendment reads, it's holding any office, including state office, if you took an oath to support the Constitution and you engaged in insurrection. You're disqualified from holding any office in the future. It's anybody's guess, friends, what this Supreme Court will do. Every time I talk about the Supreme Court, I say, you know, if they choose to be honest brokers of the law, and in my opinion, in recent years, they have not always chosen to be honest brokers of the law. But here's what I'm gonna leave you with. I continue to take some comfort in the fact that all of the bogus election challenge cases that Donald Trump's dirty lawyers, his nefarious lawyers, lawyers who are now his charged RICO co-conspirators and co-defendants like Rudy Giuliani, Sidney Powell, and others, in all of those election cases that were brought and lost, the Supreme Court didn't exercise review of any of them. Had they really wanted 
to use their power and their position to help reinstall Donald Trump into the Oval Office for a second term. They certainly could have done it in the cases that Donald Trump and his lawyers were urging the Supreme Court to review, and they refused. That gives me some comfort that if they're honest brokers of the law, they will conclude that the 14th Amendment disqualifies Donald Trump from ever holding office again in the future, and the Republicans will have to find themselves another nominee. That's the way the Constitution should be interpreted and applied. Because justice matters. Friends, as always, please stay safe, please stay tuned, and I look forward to talking with you all again tomorrow. For more on Glenn, go to Glenn Kirshner 2 on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube. This is Justice Matters.